your customers' language that they use in testimonials. There'll be common words that they use and things, ways that you don't talk about yourself, but ways that they talk about you. That's just total gold. You should use it. Jacob, how are you this week? Um, good. Good to be back. Good. For the second time, we will reveal. <laughs> yeah, we totally didn't just talk for 20 minutes without recording. <laughs> it, happens. it happens to us all, even 15 years into a creator career. <laughs> I, wonder how, it's there, I wonder how many times you have to not hit the record button uh, and then speak for half an hour before you eventually never do it again. Like, I don't sure think that, that ever happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the pain. So, yes. We have now hit the record button on our um, on our current episode, and we're now going to record another episode of the Creator Toolbox. <laughs> You'll never get so, some of those secrets back. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> All right, let's jump right in. Um, tools, tools for this week. Uh, I've got a couple. You've got one, haven't we? So, mm-hmm. mean, I go first. Will I jump go in? Go for it. Go for it. So, the first one I have for this week is um, it's all around uh, video. So uh, I've been digging deep into, I, I talked a bit on the first episode of this, didn't I, about uh, Filmora. So I was getting into video editing a bit more, looking back at the tools. Um, I've always been a video editor, but I've always used Adobe Premiere just as the kind of core tool for it, because we've always been a kind of Adobe bunch, an Adobe team. Um, but I started experimenting with other ones. Talked at the time about Adobe's kind of weakness for I don't know, it's, it's a high learning curve. It doesn't really speed things up. It doesn't help you. The templates are all a bit old-fashioned and poor. So I've been looking at repurposing tools, the new batch of creating uh, clips, you know, AI-powered clipping, all that kind of stuff. Is that something you've played around with much? Yeah, on the audio side specifically for podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. So trying to turn audio into video, but also, like, I, th- I think it's actually almost a little bit more difficult with audio because you don't have any sort of like visual reference and try to find a clip in it takes ages but yeah mostly just audio just podcasts yeah that's kind of what it comes down to for me there's there's a point where i was i was playing around i've I've played with five or six of them now um there's ones like um omni clip there's clip gen there's uh uh there's a few really good teams working on this i think but I got to the point where I'm uploading stuff. I'm uploading our these conversations. So for this episode, I'm uploading some uh, more kind of high fidelity YouTube recordings that I've done, some podcast episodes, and it's good. It's it's really good in some cases, but I feel like it's getting to like eighty percent of the way there, and I feel like there's only twenty percent of the work to do. Like I just need to refine it a little bit. I just need to pick out some of the best ones. But for some reason, somehow, that last twenty percent is taken easily. 80% of the time somehow mm-hmm. and it's flipping because it's yeah. just there's there's so much work to kind of um refine them and make them good. It's, so there's something in there it's just not working yet. And I can't figure out exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it what would you do differently? What would you do differently if you had to if you had to go in and fix these tools? Like what is it in particular yeah. that you think could tighten that up? there's so there's a couple of problems i'm coming across there's one is it just comes up with a whole bunch of clips which are kind of useless they're they're like a random few sentences that i don't know why in any way it would have picked that out um there was one in the last one that i uploaded it it 
clipped the first 30 seconds of the episode. So it was literally saying, um, hey, and welcome to the Creator Toolbox. Uh, this is what we do on the show. That, I mean, that's not a clip you're going to share on it's social. Great. It's just not, <laughs> it's not, not useful. It's not engaging on its own. Um, so there's that. There's like first the filtering and finding the decent ones. Um, then there's the refining of them. So they'll, they'll have like, um, maybe a few weird sentences on the start or, um, and it, so it's just a bit of editing. So that's fine. Takes a little while, but then there's also kind of having to put in some context. Like usually it'll pick a 30 second or a minute clip and it almost makes sense on its own, but it definitely does need some context. So I feel like you need a headline in there Mm -hmm. or something on screen or to be able to do a bit more. There's. It's just not quite working for me yet. Um, I have found Omni is the best for that. So the Omni Clip tool is probably the best I've found. It's one that makes it really easy to upload, to create that little headline. So you can actually create a little bit of text on the yeah. first five seconds or for the whole thing, which gives context to a 30-second clip, which is really handy. And it's pretty good at the kind of exporting side. That's the other part, like then downloading all these clips and uploading to them to all the platforms and that's a whole ball ache as well. So it's mm. like, but but Omni is getting there. It's kind of, it can export to some of the platforms. It can export to Shorts. It can export to TikTok, but it doesn't make the scheduling very easy. It doesn't let you do it live in many cases. So I've ended up going to Buffer for that as well. Like Buffer mm. seems better for that part. Um, so all this to say, <laughs> I've been trying these and maybe just to share, like I'm sure other creators are playing around with these um, and I've still not found like a great way to do it. I think they're still, I think they're going to get there. Um, maybe the next year they will get to something that does actually automate a lot of this, but I don't know. I think feasibly as well that they never will. I think there's maybe something around um, this process that does definitely need a fair bit of human review still and still a fair bit of human yeah. editing. I don't know. What do you think? Is it going to get well, there? I, I think it might. I think it might get there. Like you think a year ago, it was, it wasn't even conceivable that we could have a, a bit of software that would pick yeah. out yeah. any clips at all. So I think what they need yeah. to do is split it into two tasks. I think they need to focus yeah. on one, identifying all the possible clips and that in of itself would be a big help. Like go through mm-hmm. my 30 minutes of audio and just pull out every possible thing that could stand alone. And don't try and guess whether it's engaging or not. Cause I think that's, that's a whole different task. And I think that's much more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. 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 Possibly. And you've just oh, got well. to yeah, go through totally. top to bottom just, and say, these just work it through. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Just filter it yourself. Like quit, make it easy for you to select them out. Tick yes or no, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be a really good start actually. So yeah. it's more around just giving you all the options Here's here. I don't know, actually, I'm not sure because Omni, for example, brings up the mm. header. So you see a little headline, it creates its own little smart headline title for, for the clip. And I go, oh, that sounds cool. And then I go mm-hmm. in and it's like a part that has like something around that concept, but it just doesn't give you enough. There's yeah. not enough cons, um, content in there. Maybe yeah. I'm not thinking about it right. Like maybe these clips don't need to have that much. Content, maybe I'm thinking of it too much like a teacher, like I, I want to have a start, a finish, and an end, and I actually cover something. I think, no, I mean, I think you do want a bit of context, though. You want at least enough that you, I don't know. You, well, you need to know what, what they're talking about, right? You need to know what they're talking about, because yeah. the point of the clip usually is um, you want to pull them into a wider conversation. You want to take them to a full yeah. video or to a wider channel or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't know. I think you're right. 
Um, I think what 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 the thing that these companies are missing though is I think they need to be the ones publishing it as well. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I think that they need to hook up to the analytics on where it's getting posted so that they can mm-hmm. analyze what are the best performing clips and then they can mm. improve the recommendation of clips and the copy of them and all that kind of stuff. So there's a disconnect there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And based on your, your, I mean, that's based on your audience, isn't it? That's something that they can learn from, can hopefully yeah. adapt to and see what kind of... Across you, all customers, you, though. Like they just need to, they need to get a better intuitive understanding of what makes a good clip, you know, so yeah. that they can recommend to all customers. Um, yeah. Maybe like a 50% better clip than they might recommend just now. And then from that, yeah. they can personalize on an account basis. Yeah, 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 I like it. Yeah, cool. The next stage I'm finding as well, have you spotted? So in um, Adobe Premiere, they've now got text-based editing. No, news to me, but it sounds quite interesting. The, it's it's really cool, actually, because it's I've always used Premiere, um, like I said earlier, and it, just been able to do that kind of rough cut. I'd played around with the script a bit recently as well, yeah. like using that for some of the video. Um, good tool. Uh, but it's just kind of, there's something I've... A lot of the the people that I've spoken to that use it kind of more commercially end up doing the rough cut in there and then exporting it somewhere else to do the kind of detail editing, which is kind of what I was thinking I might end up doing because I want to do the cuts between clips and stuff like that, yeah. like between faces and being able to overlay the screencast and stuff like that as well, especially in this one here where we're sharing screencasts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So now I can just do it all in Premiere, which is really cool. Um, and even bringing in another tool that I found recently as well called Autopod. You heard of that one? No, no, but I think you're using it for this, aren't you? You mentioned it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Autopod, yeah. So yeah. Autopod is uh, is one where, so you're in a platform like this, like we're recording this in StreamYard right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will download, it's a, it's a live streaming service, so it records both of our sides. It records your camera locally, my camera locally, audio as well. So it creates a track for each of us and I can export them into Premiere. Mm-hmm. And then I can run Autopod as a plugin inside Premiere. It's a plugin that's literally just like one button. So um, I'll do the rough cut with my text-based editing, cut it down the content to what I want, and then I hit go on Autopod, and it then clips it. It actually just does edits. You can see them appear in front of your eyes, where when I'm speaking, my face is full on screen. When you're speaking, your face is full on screen, and it goes through the whole episode like that. So you get that really nice engaging, flipping back and forth, right yeah. face on screen, and there's a bit more visual interest as you're watching yeah. through. So it's really, really cool. Yeah. Do you <laughs> yeah. think so... Um, I always get a bit wary, right, when I hear yep. all these tools getting added. So would you say that you're saving time or <laughs> increasing quality? Are you doing more or are you doing less? Well, so the point of my last two or three weeks playing around with this was to aim to do less. Mm. It was to aim to find a process which is a balance between creating something that's a bit more polished so it's not just our two faces side by side on screen published straight to YouTube. Yeah. Um, I want to cut down the content a bit. I want to trim some of the fat because I think that genuine, I think you can do that quickly with text-based editing. We're discovering that with Alitu, like since we added text-based editing to Alitu as well, so many people are, are using it to just trim the fat a bit and only mm. spend five or 10 minutes skimming through the transcript and cutting out a few bits that they're like, well, you know, I went off on a tangent here for a couple of minutes. It's not really necessary. I can make this more, you know, more potent, this content, because I can take out a bit of that fat. I want to do that with episodes like this Um, and with my main YouTube content as well. Like we, we weren't doing that when we were, 
when we were doing YouTube last year, we were kind of polishing it up a little bit and putting some visual effects and stuff like that, but we really weren't doing much in cutting a 20 minute video down to 15 or even 10 mm-hmm. to just make it more snappy and more and take out those little extra bits. So I want to do more of that. And I think you can do that fast. I think you can do that in five, 10, 15 minutes with text-based editing. And again, we're seeing that analogy with people doing that with their podcasts. So that's one part. And the other part is, I think there is like real value in the clipping. I think there is real value in having those five, yeah, fifth, 30 second, one minute, two or three minute even clips that we put out there, which are little how-tos that are much more focused on one little thing, particularly on like, you were telling me this and I'm hearing more and more about it, about like you search for a lot of your how-to on TikTok now, don't you? Uh, I, I personally don't, you? Yeah, you don't, not me, but I know, yeah. like, I know a lot of people do. So, um, I've yeah. got friends that yeah. do, my partner Sophie does. Yeah. 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 So like being able to put out from a 20 minute clip, being able to put out like three, four, five sections of that, that are little self-contained, how to do this really specific thing. I think there's a lot of value in that. And if we can find a tool, an AI based tool that helps make that fast, I think there's a, a whole lot of value in that. So that's the idea is to find a process and not go too overboard because I don't want to make it unsustainable. I don't want to make mm-hmm. it take too long. Mm-hmm. And then once I've figured it out to kind of get somebody to help us do it um, on an irregular basis and not spend yeah. too much time on it. Yeah. That's the yeah. idea. It's just like little, each of these tools really is like a little quality lever that is not going to be fully time consuming. Um, ho- yeah. Hopefully yeah. not going to add a lot. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I think it's to help us do something like that content edit in the olden days would have had to go and what did, I mean, I did that. I did that content edit on many podcasts over the years. There was one in particular that called UK Business Startup where we did all the interviews. We got them all transcribed. I had them literally printed out on paper with wow. the time codes and we'd like score out paragraphs and then have to go back into, pre, um, into audition, find those time codes, find the exact point. highlight it edit it ripple delete blah it's like it's just a different world um but it's the exact same result that's what you're aiming to do so yeah it's weird it's yeah so that's the idea that's but yeah that's where i'm at just now so it's um premiere for the text-based editing um Streamyard for recording those kind of separate tracks uh omni clip for doing a bit of that clipping autopod to do a bit of that kind of um auto polish within premiere itself and in publishing a bit with um buffer actually because it can it's probably the best i've found for actually being able to schedule to add a few different social platforms at once it's nice and clean it just works i love buffer yeah yeah, yeah good team yeah, totally. as well always has always has <laughs> cool all right what about yourself mm, so i um you're looking at this week I've been thinking and doing a little bit in the world of social proof. So if you're mm-hmm. uh, create a business, if you sell a product, an info product, maybe like an ebook courses, maybe it's a subscription to like a community or software like us. Oh yeah. Part of every uh, landing page, every sales pitch, you need to have some uh, feedback from other customers in there, hopefully happy customers. So we have um, reviews, people talking about us on a bunch of different places. We've got some on Twitter, we found some on Reddit, we've got a load on Trustpilot, we've got people who have come directly to us, um, who have written case studies with us. We have some people who have sent us video testimonials. So we have all of this great feedback, but we didn't really have a good way to put it all in one place. Um, and no good central place to collect it either. So I came across these guys on Twitter. 
Um, Ollie Meekings and Wilson. Um, I think his name is Wilson Wilson. His Twitter handle is EU Boyd. So you message him and fact check that. I know, I know. It's fantastic. Um, and I might talk a little bit more about these in, in, the, in our Creators of the Week segment, but um, yeah, really good cool. guys, and they're building this fantastic tool. Um, and essentially what it does is it will connect uh, and sync with places like Trustpilot, but you can also then go and import... Mm-hmm. Um, tweets from Twitter or Reddit comments or posts from Reddit, and so I mean, th- those yeah. are just the ones that we've used. So I'm I'm, I'm being yeah. very self centered here, but they have like a list of like 20, 30 different places that you can import it's it from. Yeah, yeah so for for bigger companies, they've got like G two reviews for like big software companies all the way down to I think yeah. you can import like Apple Podcast reviews and stuff like that. So even yeah. if you're not selling a product and you have a podcast and you just want a really good way to show people, um, uh. Uh, you, you want a really good way to show people what people are saying about the content that you're creating, you can import that yeah. stuff all there. And even if you don't have any testimonials or reviews that are being collected anywhere in particular right now, because like for a business like us, Trustpilot's a place where people already go. But like, if you're a creator business, there's not really, you know, it might be like YouTube comments or something like that, mm-hmm. but maybe yeah. you want a way to incentivize people maybe you want to give people a way uh, sorry a place to go to leave you feedback so you can actually mm-hmm. set up a form with senja um where people will be asked questions that you specify they can even record a video Ooh, right in yeah. there and send it in uh yeah so you can actually see in the video here you can see all the different places that you can pull in from yeah well. so many yeah Facebook, it's great linkedin uh, app store slack yeah. there you go yeah. but it does have apple Podcasts. it does yeah ah, that's, that's really very cool. cool yeah so you could include oh, that's we use uh, i mean this is for we're doing it for software for alitu but imagine doing this for a creator business where it's more a wall of love for your podcast for your youtube channel for whatever yeah um, yeah. yeah that's really good um so yeah one of the things that we created yeah. this week is our wall of love and that pulls together all of the reviews yeah. into one place but you can also yeah. export um really nice social images uh you can i think they're working on video at the moment as well there's just all different ways that you can use these these testimonials it's fantastic i like i really love the tool yeah. one little cool thing is that they will look at all of your testimonials together and it will generate bits of copy for you just based on sort of common <laughs> nice. denominator between all the testimonials yeah. i thought that was really really clever um and it was that's nice what, like, some, some copy that's what you're supposed to do isn't it you're supposed to go through all of your customer feedback yeah. like find the language find the words yeah. they use like reflect back their, yeah. their problems their feelings their benefits yeah. but you never do it because it takes bloody ages <laughs> uh, I, I, I do i have and i was quite happy to find that a lot of the copy was quite familiar it came back with ah, good, good. <laughs> yeah no and that's a really good no. thing to do no matter what you're doing um yeah. one little tip yeah. do use your customer's language that they use in testimonials there'll be common words that they use and things ways that you don't talk about yourself but ways that they talk about you that's just total gold you should use it um, yeah yeah no matter what you're cool. doing. yeah i like it yeah, we need to use that more. I'm going to put together one of those for Podcraft. See what it looks like. Yeah, because we've got we've got loads of um, uh, loads of reviews for that, loads of feedback. So I'm going to see what that looks like for a podcast. Could do an article on that actually. That'd be cool. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I do it for Senja. I think so. Nice. Um, just one other littler one for me. Um, I'm thinking because it's end of year. I'm thinking about annual planning, goal mm. setting. All that kind of stuff. What 
What's your experience with with that? Have you done that as an individual in the past? I have been known to grab an A5 bit of paper and write down like quite a long list of aspirations. And then normally yeah. what happens is I forget about half of them and I focus <laughs> on about a quarter of them and then a quarter yeah. again of them actually happen. Um, yeah. So I do, but like I'm never quite sure why I'm doing it. Is it because it feels nice <laughs> to do it and plan it? Or is it because it's worth doing it for the small amount that actually happens and that's i feel like that's my hunch i'm going to tell myself that's the thing yeah it's worth doing it just for those things you do focus on i love that that's like that's the total it's a real nice (laughs) sum up of the problems with annual planning and goal setting (laughs) yeah the fact that they (laughs) most people spend a day or two doing this and feel great about it it's such a fun thing it's such an inspiring thing to do and end of december start of january um, and they go in a drawer and then they come out again the next December, January, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, I set those goals, didn't I? Did I do any of them? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, so, but I, it's something that I, I discovered or I started doing about 2015, 16, potentially. Um, and I had a couple of years of that. I had two, maybe two years of that. Uh, but I found, I, I think I got lucky as in I ended up on a, an accelerator um this kind of mentoring program for a year <clears throat> at one stage in our business and i got exposed to a whole bunch of people in i mean i was a creator business but i got exposed to a whole bunch of people in corporate in like traditional uh, project management like all these people that had spent 20 30 years running massive businesses and i was initially the first few months i was like oh this means nothing to me this is not relevant to the kind of business i run i don't want to run a business that mm-hmm. you know has multi-million pound projects and and 20 people running um every project and like a thousand people running the kind of larger idea all this kind of stuff but it was absolute nonsense. Like six months in, I was realizing like so many of these tactics could be applied to um, a tiny business, like even just one person. I used it as just one person. Um, I used a lot of it just as one person. Then as we started to grow to two, three people, I kind of applied it to our team. And nowadays we still do a whole bunch of those things, even as a small kind of fast, agile creator business or SaaS business. So <clears throat> I'm looking back at this. It was, I mean, it took like three, four years to get to the system that I had. And I ended up um, putting together a course on it uh, because I did a talk at, a, at an event back in 2017, 2018, something like that. Um, so I'm just kind of thinking through that at the moment and and thinking about that process. So I thought it was worth just sharing a couple of bits of it, yeah. um, certainly. And the the kind of the main thing that I found was that whole thing around annual planning because there's a whole framework that you can build here that i kind of put together because there was a a lack of link between annual planning those goals you put together and the actual day-to-day work that was the trouble like you make these goals you stick them in the drawer and you think right i'm going to start doing something for one of them but then you get into it you start doing something but then you kind of get drawn off and you end up never really looking back at those goals even when you do it kind of spurs you to maybe do one thing related to them and then you kind of go off on a different track again. So there was something about, I, I found you had to start to build linkages from the annual mm-hmm. to the monthly. It's the next level down. So there's like annual goals, which is the inspiration. Then you've got the monthly strategy, which actually starts to translate those goals into real actions. So mm-hmm. the monthly strategy, but then that turns into the real day-to-day grind, which is your weekly plan. 
you know, yeah. and the weekly plan is where it, yeah, you know, lives or dies because that's what turns it into really what you're doing every single week. And then from there, you've got your daily tasks. And the key thing I found in the end was this routine of looking back up each stage at certain points of the year. So every month I would look back at the annual plan and plan the next month based on that. And every week I would look back at the monthly plan and plan the next week based on that. And every day I'd look back at the weekly plan and do that. So you're always on a certain routine looking back up one level. Yeah. And everything, that's what I found was actually what makes you make progress in the same direction every single day, as opposed to, you know, doing something that feels useful, but is actually taking you that direction. And then you do something useful the next day, but it's actually taking you that direction. And at the end of the year, you've kind of gone in a circle. <laughs> you've yeah. done a lot of little things that never took you in any one particular way um, and never really kind of got you to where you want to go. So there's something it's, around that framework. Yeah. It's like a big fruit bowl. Where the thing that you want to achieve in a year, all right, is the big apple in the middle. And every month you have to keep going back at it. And the whole point is you want to keep taking bites out of the apple because you want to be yeah. done with the apple by the end of the year. That is what you want to achieve. But it's really easy <laughs> to get distracted by all the other tasty fruit around you. And it can oh, feel yeah. good and it feels, yeah, exactly. And it feels yeah. like you're moving the needle. But actually, you look back at the end of the year and you've got a bite out of an apple and yeah. semi-eating pear and all the rest of it and it just i don't know yeah it's um <laughs> goals are weird weird over long periods of yeah. time you do i think yeah. what you're saying makes a lot of sense you have to make sure that you look back at the big thing because it's so easy to lie to yourself and trick yourself yeah. into thinking that you're just you're not you're not you're not following the the path that you set out for yourself mm. but it's okay because mm. i'm doing all these other things that are also all very good and but mm. yeah it doesn't contribute mm. to the greater vision the greater goal so yeah yeah, really yeah absolutely. Totally agree. And and there's something really important about the reflection part as well. Like a lot of us sit down and we do our goal setting and we don't really think about what happened last time around. But there's there's a lot of good creators talk about this. Like I've taken quite a lot from loads of different people on this. Like I do a part of my goal setting at the start of the year is I sit down for a day and do a reflect, look back at the last year and really spend a lot of time on it. And I find this really interesting and fun actually as well, because you look back and you see, well, where did I, where did I go wrong? <laughs> where did I do well? And it, there's some really good questions you can apply to this. Like just simply what worked last year? What didn't work last year? Um, when I got from um, Tim Ferriss was the, the 80, 20 on your feelings, like what 80% of activities uh, gave me my no so what is it no what twenty percent of my activities gave me eighty percent of my negative feelings you know there's mm -hmm. always a small section of things that you do that give you the most negative things that you can maybe cut out and what twenty percent of things that I do you know things that you don't even spend that much time on give you eighty percent of your good feelings like maybe that helps you rebalance your work a little bit more too yeah. um, what themes keep coming up I love that one actually just like really spending an hour or two looking back, looking at your calendar, looking at your journal, looking at, you know, your task management system to see what you were doing and when, and really thinking about, you know, what themes kept coming up. What things did I talk about a lot during the last year that I need to actually think about really fixing this coming year? I think that's really important as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it was just to share that, that kind of thinking, that framework and really maybe resetting people we've got a blog post on this so i wrote something on this on the podcast host to, if anyone wants more detail around a bit more around that framework something you can put into action so i'll stick a i'll stick a link in the uh, the youtube um video here but i'll put one in the show notes too if you're listening on the podcast 
So you can go and have a look at that that, um, that article. Cool. I hope that's helpful. Yeah. And we've got a course, actually. So, yeah, if you want to check out that course, go over to uh, thepodcasthost.com forward slash boss, and you'll find that. All righty. What about creators of the week, Jacob? Who have you been looking at this week? Well, I was... Um... I think well, I think I was gonna talk about someone else, but I haven't talked about Senja. I kinda wanna talk about these okay. guys. Yeah, um okay. so yeah, it's two guys, Ollie Meekings and Wilson, to be confirmed, Wilson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a lot of people who do the whole building in public thing, especially in software. Um I think it's probably less so in, in wider creative businesses, but there probably should be mm-hmm. more of it. But it's really typical in software. Or not really yeah. typical, but many people do. Um and it's usually the same sort of formula. People will share revenue graphs. This is how much money I'm mm. making and this is what we're doing. But um, I wanted to bring up these guys because actually recently they did something really unusual um, in that kind of space. And that is they were actually honest. So they yeah. um, they, they always got the, the picture that they were, it was, I don't know, sunshines and rainbows and um, everything that they're doing was working and they maybe had like particular stresses or things that they were working on like they, they would go into detail on like these are the things that we're working on this week you know so together um, Ollie's the marketing guy um, Wilson was the developer and they were both going to have a marketing week and they would kind of go into detail on like this is what Wilson was doing and this is maybe how um, how he found it and this is what was difficult this is what we felt worked what we didn't so that's all like, the typical stuff but a couple of weeks ago um, they both put out individual posts about how they were like very nearly about to completely shut down everything. You might oh, be able to really? find it. Yeah. Um, so they they felt that their partnership had fallen apart. They felt that they were no longer going to be able to continue. Now, I think when you're, um, this is this is something that happens to a lot of people who decide to start a business with someone else. It mm-hmm. might just not work out personally between them. Um, and I think essentially what they did was they um, they 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 gave themselves some counselling. Kind of said yeah. we're gonna we're gonna stay off Twitter for a while and we're gonna come yeah. back. And I was just really impressed with how how they went from sharing all of this like just total total success to um, being really really honest and saying actually this is what's happening. It's not going so well. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. going so well at all. And in a in a in a way it was great content <laughs> yeah, um so in that sense you know it's really good to be that honest from just that sort of militant you yeah. know people are going to follow you for being honest and you know that's yeah. obviously good for for any future endeavors even if this one doesn't work out but yeah no i think they um they they impressed me a lot they i already really really liked them i just got really good vibes yeah. off them but i was very impressed with um with the way that they handled that and how honest they were yeah that's cool yeah i mean they're both worth a follow I, that takes takes a bit of bravery, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Ah, huh, interesting. What can you learn from that then? Like, what would you change? What would you do about, like, I, I mean, I've thought about this a lot. Like, we should be yeah. building more in public. Like, we sh- should be showing more of our, you know, our designs in action. We should be showing yeah. more we're working on. How do you balance that with competitive intelligence, essentially? <laughs> I... I don't know, like, how often is, like, so let's say, like, our, like, okay, so for us, let's relate this to us, so our competitors are, for the most part, all 
pretty well funded. They've got yep. bigger teams in it than like we are for the most part yeah. the underdog. How, how often yeah. are they going to see something that we're working on yeah. and like and change track? Change, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Change the 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 course of millions of dollars of funding. I just don't mm. know. I actually mm. like they're probably beholden to investors on completing mm. a particular timeline. Like I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I've always thought about it as well. Like I'd love to. Yeah. Just it would be weird for us to start doing it now because we're not like a like a early stage startup or something like that. But there's probably something unique in there and of itself that like we're we're here. This is what we're um, what we feels going right. This is what we feel we're struggling with. Yeah, this is what we're going to try and do. Yeah. I think we could. I, th- I would love to share more of our designs in action, like seeing the stuff that Peter, our UX designer, works on and sends to us, like little, <clears throat> excuse me, little prototypes, little yeah. um, ideas, little snippets of of interface mm-hmm. ideas that we could do to change attitude. I think that'd be so interesting to to our users, would it? Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe. Absolutely- well, we kind of do that for our users, but I think if we're looking at what um, Ollie and Wilson did. I think it's mm-hmm. about being honest about what's like it's all fine and well like yeah they 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 were doing the same thing um and that i think i think their character is what kind of drew me to them they were both just like yeah, really honest and yeah. seemed like really kind people yeah, um yeah. and they were it's doing just, the same thing that they all do is just sharing what they're working on but i think what really yeah. what was different about that is that they weren't too afraid to share what was potentially catastrophic as well yeah yeah so it so it is less about the detail of the the work potentially and more it's more the backstory isn't it yeah. more the transparency more the feelings the emotions the yeah people the love a soap yeah, opera like you said yeah totally <laughs> yeah it's about people isn't it like the people probably don't care about a new button in alitu but they maybe care um who peter is that actually drew that button yeah you know, what he's what he's doing this week or something yeah, exactly like they care know? about the argument that led up to that button and how yeah, we were going to yeah, do it yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah the fact that you hated that button and he liked it and it was like a, yeah something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah no i like that that's that's good cool okay all, all right anything else on that with the soap opera <laughs> yeah indeed <laughs> Um, no, that was it. I, yeah, I think, um, I think I have something to add on to yours. There's a lot, question. There's a lot to be learned from that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you had, you had this written down as well. I have been really enjoying over the last week, the on Musk, um, podcast. Uh, and I know Musk is a pop, uh, polarizing guy. Um, so many things that are just mental about what, how he's acted over the last couple of years, whatever, but the biography came out from, um, Isaacson. Uh, his the famous biographer. Um, what's his first name again? I've even forgot. Walter. Okay. Walter Isaacson, isn't it? Uh, put out Musk. And they created a really interesting kind of format of a podcast, uh, which is really just a short series, four episodes, really high polish, um, has just come out. And it's a guy interviewing Walter Isaacson about uh, the book. Uh, and it's been polished up into a kind of really highly produced, uh, narrated, uh, a bit of music in there, good production values, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's just a really interesting story. Mm. Uh, just four episodes have gone out there, loads of sponsorship in there because it's the only way you can make a short form series like this work, of course. Yeah. But I like that format and it's been a really cool way to see that it's been really cool to see them repurpose almost a book yeah. to this kind of format and give away a lot of it. It makes me wonder like whether there was any argument from Walter about it as well because he's... There's a lot in there. Anyway, yeah, what were you going to say so, about it as well? Are you enjoying it? No, I haven't seen that. I had no idea. I thought um, 
I I looked at our notes and I thought you were just going to talk about Musk's biography and about Isaacs and I have I have no idea about this. This sounds great. So tell me more. Is it um is it a series, a video, a bigger thing that they've repurposed into a podcast? No. So is it, well, do you know what? I'm not even sure. So it's definitely a podcast. That's how I've been listening to it. I yeah. just came across it in um in my podcast player, uh, mm-hmm. Pocket Cast. It just came up as one of the kind of featured things. So no doubt the guys that made it. Who did make it again? On this podcast, so no doubt the um, network that made it uh, have like paid for advertising and stuff like that, yeah. um, and it's popped up. So, but yeah, it, it might be on video, but I can't see it on video anywhere. I'm just having a quick skim through. It feels like it's just uh, an audio version. Yeah. It's just a podcast series. Yeah, I heart podcasts probably is. Yeah. is, that who it is? Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Ah, cool. I yeah, iHeart put a lot of stuff. So it'll be iHeart are pushing it then because they're the network. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just thought it was a really cool thing. Um, and there was something around Isaacson himself, like Walter Isaacson. Like, have you read a lot of his stuff? As a yeah, his, um, not as, not, you know, I know absolutely nothing about him, but his um, yeah. Jobs, Steve Jobs biography was my absolute Bible as a teenager. Really? I read that thing cover to cover like 10 times. It fell mm. apart. yeah well there was a few things that came out of this podcast series that really applies to any creator i think like one of his best quotes there was around the fact that he got told once in his life one of the kind of biggest changers in his life was that he got told um no one wants to hear a preacher you always want to hear a storyteller so it's like it's i mean it works for everyone doesn't it whether you're a teacher you tell a story and somebody remembers it better. If you're creating a podcast, YouTube, you don't preach to people, you tell them a story and it gets that across so much more effectively. And that totally resonates with his biographies, doesn't it? Like the biographies I enjoy yeah. are, they're told as if it's the person speaking. They're either first person, like um, the Nike one. I love that one of my favorite biographies because it's written first person, even though it's not written by him, obviously. Yeah. Uh Isaacson writes them from a second person, as in it's him, like watching, basically. Yeah. But it's still him telling the story of him being there with Musk for two years. Like he spent two years with him. It's absolutely mental. Yeah. <laughs> like just in all the boardrooms and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. being able to tell that story is so powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's it's cool. I love that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's my creator of the week, Walter Isaacson. Um I don't know if many of us can afford the time to spend two years with a person just to write a book about it, but you know, it's there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. I don't know. There's something <laughs> in that though. Like uh, getting so so immersed into what you're doing. So I think you can you can do that with with pretty much anything, right? Um, but yeah, I think that's um, that's a cool cool format for the content as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was it you liked so much about Jobs one? Uh Say it's it's the exact same format as the Musk one. So he spent two three years with Jobs, um, yep. as he was more or less on his last legs, and yeah, um, I'm only halfway through the the Musk one, so um, I don't know how it ends. But yeah, yeah the um, <laughs> it's, it's the same. It's the same sort of format. Is yeah, I don't know what it is about the writing, but it is. It wasn't um, in the Musk one. I, I've got the same feeling that it's not. It's not completely pandering to them. It's not painting them as the yeah, best person yeah. in the world. It's been very honest about, um, very honest yeah. about the flaws, very honest about the brilliance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, people like Musk and people like Jobs, I think Jobs got a much easier time after he died. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that when he was alive, he was much much more of a um, disputed character. But I think these people... Mm-hmm. Like the the jobs and the musks, I think they're um the the only reason that they have their the brilliance is because they have the whatever it is that the makes them well. difficult yeah. to deal with on a sort <laughs> of regular basis. Yeah, um, but it doesn't doesn't take away from the brilliance. Yeah, it's hard, hard. There's so many of them. There's so many of the bi- biographies you read of the top, you know, change world changers. Um, that there is huge sacrifice that goes along with it. Yeah. So it's like whether you you're willing to put up with that sacrifice to make the change in the world that you want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Tim Ferriss talks a lot about this. He has much more recently too around the fact that so many of us as creators, what we're doing is we're trying to become more famous. That's a big mm-hmm. part of it. Whether it's whether it's ego driven. Um, because you want to be known whether it's for a purpose, like you actually want to become famous enough to be able to promote, you know, a cause or a company or whatever, whatever the call, whatever the purpose is, you're trying to become a bit famous. You're trying to grow an audience. And he's been trying to, he often talks about the real massive downsides to that. Mm-hmm. Like the, how, when you're well known, um, all the horrible things that can happen and, it's it's yeah it's kind of crazy to think about that like the that balance that you have to end up that sacrifice I suppose that's just the, one of the sacrifices in itself like giving up your privacy yeah in many ways um, and putting yourself at more risk which is scary but yeah all right that's it then for tools of the week creators of the week hope that was helpful to you out there um gave you some tips gave you some things to go and have a check out some some learnings um yeah. Oh, as always, let us know what you think of them. Any of your own tips, if you have any tools or any creators of the week out there, um, pop them onto Twitter. Probably one of the best for us, X Twitter. Uh, go over to the podcast host. You'll get them through to us there. Jacob, what about what did we make this week? What are you working on? Oh, I'm going to go back to social proof. Um, I think it's quite relevant. So, yeah, really nice, tiny. Like it was. This is the result of like. A, 30 minute conversation and it just worked mm-hmm. well kind of not it was like a, a an overnight success because of <laughs> all of the work that we had actually done before so we kind yeah. of discovered this something that worked so um uh when was it end of last year sort of this year um we were trying to build out our understanding of the different types of people who use Alitude, our software mm-hmm. um so we wanted to get to interviews now it's actually really tough to get um, people just to agree to sit down for like a 30 minute conversation with you to talk about a product that they pay for. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, at the time, uh, and I knew, I knew that going into it, I knew that going into it. So what we did at the time was we created a bit of a funnel. Um, and I think this is applicable to everyone that has a creator business who wants to build up to, um, like you see podcasts and uh, that, that have ads for themselves that have people talking about the podcast and what they like about the podcast and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, how do you even get there? And the answer is through um, many smaller touch points. So what we did was uh, we ran a single question survey to people in the app. Now for you, that might look like, so if you've got a blog or if you've got a podcast, that might look like a single comment. 
um, some small single interaction um, where they provide an answer to a question. And it might be input on a post, it might be input on an episode, it might be mm-hmm. it look, might look like many different things. But for us, it was it was an NPS survey. Um, so they gave us an answer to that, and they let us know how happy they were with us, basically. And then from there, it was actually a really simple ask to get them to write a review for us. So if they gave us a score of a certain amount or more, then we would say, would you mind um, turning this great bit of feedback into a review? It'll only take two minutes. And that's yeah. fine. They've already taken that little bit of moment to give you that. And actually, it's only two minutes. So, yeah. One, we know that they're happy and that they're going to be able to give us um, the sort of feedback that we might want to publish. Uh, and, yeah. So, that was easy enough. And then from a review to get to a video testimonial was actually surprisingly easy. Now, it wasn't a huge percentage of people that converted onto that, but say 100 people um, answered the first survey, um, about 50 people wrote a review for us, which was great. And then about 10 people from those gave us a video testimonial. So um, it seems quite good. It's, it was actually pretty good conversion. We didn't expect uh-huh. to. Um, we didn't really expect to get any video testimonies out of it at all. <laughs> um, now, we we got ten. Five of them were lovely and from the heart, but simply not usable for various reasons. That like the audio quality was not good enough, or the or the video wasn't good enough. So there's that yeah, to yeah. keep in mind as well. But yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah, it works. So you can build up to really really good and bombastic and easily public feedback but it's just little bit by little bit by little bit i just want to yeah. share that we're yeah. really pleased with how it worked out so we've now converted that into a funnel now today we've got that running as as a fully automated thing partly using senja as well really which is why i cool. wanted to bring yeah. it up yeah so that's how yeah. we collect the um the the video testimonials um and any testimonials that get written on um elsewhere like on Trustpilot, because that's a publicly mm. searchable place that will get pulled into yep. senja for us so yeah Excellent. Yeah, I think that's really good. It's really cool to sketch that funnel out, make it visible because it's it's something I think you're right can apply to anything. Like we're applying it to a product there, software mm-hmm. could apply to a course. It could definitely apply to courses or yeah. like information products. Yeah. But like we said earlier, you can looks like you can use Senja really well for just a podcast or a YouTube mm-hmm. channel or something like that. So um yeah, getting that interaction, that it's just so much better to promote that than your latest episode. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a person who's a listener, an average person who says, my thing is really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, so much more effective. Cool. Great. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, for me, last week, uh, like I said, was mostly that kind of repurposing the video. I suppose the only thing to add to that was the format I was trying out, which was I did a video around, so 14 way, it was a list, a listicle in video format, 14 ways to grow your podcast audience in uh, with collaborations. And my intent was to make them all nice and short and snappy so that they were only one or two minutes each. And so I could have that kind of 20 minute, significant, chunky bit of video on YouTube as the main thing, potentially even repurpose it to publish to our podcast feed. I'm actually going to do that as well, put it on PodCraft. Uh, but it turns into 14 shorter videos that I can put on uh, shorts on TikTok on uh, various different places as well and like I said all of those are individual little how-tos so the overall is 14 ways as a how-to on how to grow your podcast through collaborations but one of those is how to grow your podcast through you know episode swaps 
that's a one or two minute, just significant little how to. So that was my kind of thinking around how I was going to put it together and that, and that repurposing side of things. So that was, yeah, that was a big part of my last week. And this coming week, what I'm planning to play more with is story actually really inspired mm-hmm. by that Walter Isaacs and stuff is this week's pointers. So we, we run a podcast newsletter called podcast pointers. Uh, grab it over at thepodcasthost.com. Got to the uh, header and you'll find it up there in the menu. Um, and the last couple of weeks, and especially from now on, because of this stuff I've been listening to from Walter Isaacs, and I just want to put much more in the way of story in there. Less of the, it still needs to have the how-to, so maybe not less of the how-to, but more of the context backed up by story. Like I'm telling you how to, the, the most recent one this week, for example, was related to that collaboration stuff. And I told us, I started with a story around how one of my biggest audience growth tactics came around entirely by accident because I stumbled into this episode swap with somebody and I told the story around how that came about and then said, if you want to do this, here's a few steps you can take. So that's what I'm playing around with at the moment is tying that more into um, podcast pointers, into all of our emails, into our funnels, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's about it for me. Have you, you get, you've seen people that do that well. Like I've come across yeah. that a lot over the last few years, but I could, I was struggling to think of some examples to look up. You got any? Yeah. It's something that's really typical in email. It's really typical in email because it is such a tough battleground in there to get people's attentions and be unique. So you've yeah. got bigger newsletters like, like Morning Brew. I think they do a good mm. job of not just being, like they have a good combination of, um, here's just some things to go and read right now and yeah. they kind of put them at the top and then that's quite accessible and like if you don't have the time to read down then all good but there are good stories in there as well stories that you can read right there in the email stories that you can click through and read I think it's I don't know I think I think you have to have both I think you do I think you have to give people a really easy just go and get a thing right now like get, here's a solution to a problem that you might have or here's something yeah. a long form bit of content that you might be able to go and read over a coffee or mm-hmm. whatever but mm-hmm. yeah I think what um, yeah what can set them apart a lot is uh, having personal experiences and stuff in there from an individual though um, yep. I don't know I don't know uh Jeremy, Jeremy ends in our industry. He does a really good yeah, job of that, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, he's a good writer. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's a funny balance, isn't it? I want to try that. I want to test it. As in, um, we have, so people sign up for podcast pointers. We get 20 or 30 people, lucky enough for that many people to sign up every day to our newsletter. So we can test things quite easily. So I want to write a series that welcomes, we've got a welcome series just now, but I want to change it to add much more story, but then create two versions of it. One of which has the story and then the how-to, uh, and one of which just has straight into the how-to. And I want to run them side by side and throw like half of our subscribers through one of them and half through the other and see which one engages better, just to yeah. actually test that out. Yeah, so straight up A-B testing just to see which one um, which one works. So yeah, I'll come back and we could report back on that once I've, yeah. once I've done it. I like it. 
All right. Nice. I think that does it for this week, especially yeah. since we've recorded half of this episode twice. <laughs> Definitely better the second time, so you all love that. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, it was good fun. Um, thank you, listener, for uh, following us through. I hope this has been useful to you so far. Um, please do give us some feedback. We'd love to know what you like about this uh, format, what you like about this show, what you don't. Um, go over to X and go to The Podcast Host. Just search us at The Podcast Host on there and drop us a comment um we'd love to know all right thanks very much thank you you bye